Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. This week on Highways Voices, we tackle a scourge of the road. They're effectively trained to be addicted to their mobile phone, to interact with that device that suddenly reaches out to lots of people. And we need to try and break that behaviour. Our technology can help stamp out distracted driving. So if you're about to set off on a journey, get your phone Bluetooth into your car audio, then put it to one side and don't touch it again. You won't need it for half an hour's enlightening conversation on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations, the Transport Technology Forum, ITS UK, Elkrig and Adept. Probably the UK's leading enforcement expert, Jeff Collins of AccuCensus, is our guest on Highways Voices today as we look to make our roads safer. We'll hear about that exciting new AI technology that does that in a moment after we first of all get some of the stories that have caught Adrian Tatum's eye on Highways News this week. Reports in the national media and by motoring organisations have suggested that an extra £200 million could be provided for local road maintenance in this week's budget. The Daily Mail reports the money represents around a 20% boost in funds to fix roads across towns, cities and rural locations. The paper has a pothole campaign calling for more investment for the road network. The funding will initially be released to councils in England over the coming weeks. This means that residential streets and country lanes will initially be targeted for upgrades, according to the RAC. But Highways News understands this is for maintenance improvements for the highway assets in general, not just for potholes. And elsewhere, the Department for Transport has cut £380 million off the £710 million promised in 2021 for the UK's active travel budget, according to the All-Parliamentary Group for Cycling and Walking. In the statement written by Secretary of State for Transport Mark Harper last week, it was announced that £100 million would be spent on active travel in the next two years. About the £230 million already having been spent so far, according to the group, the amount cut for active travel has more than half from the spending review in 2021. And finally, the government has spent 31 times more per mile maintaining motorways in A roads last year than they did on funding councils to repair local roads. New figures from the Local Government Association show that government spend £192,000 per mile on maintaining strategic roads such as motorways or major A roads compared to just £6,000 per mile on fixing potholes and other defects on local roads. This is despite local roads making up 180,000 miles of the UK's overall network, with strategic roads making up just 4,800 miles. Now remember, when it comes to industry news, we are the only place you need to go for everything you need to know. And on top of those stories, those that have caught my eye include an exciting river-based logistics solution thanks to Grid Smarter Cities, the industry being urged to help the Department for Transport understand what digital solutions are being used here and now, Jeremy Pax getting tough on roadside litterers and we've got a video of a couple of elderly American gents riding in a driverless car that'll really make you smile. Find them all and so much more at highways-news.com where you can find links to our LinkedIn and Twitter feeds and of course you can sign up for our daily email into your inbox every lunchtime. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Swarco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software-as-a-service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, 
Find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. Another of the stories we ran this week is about police in Sussex using AccuSensus artificial intelligence technology to test motorists for mobile phone and seatbelt offences. It's cutting-edge tech that has the ability to spot bad driving beyond speeding, and it's working here in the UK. So I thought we should find out more about it and about the whole enforcement industry in general with ITS UK Enforcement Forum Chair Jeff Collins who heads up the AccuSensus business in the UK. I started by asking him about his background. It's nearly two decades now I've been working in one shape or another in traffic enforcement and one advantage is spending a lot of time in a certain area is you get to understand some of the subtle issues that can go on and how the various stakeholders in, interact within a project, it becomes very useful for understanding a wider picture in an area that many people don't spend an awful lot of time in or don't have a great deal of uh, detailed understanding of. How does it go down when you talk to people about what you do for a living? Because I guess the the point of this question is to ask, has it changed over the years in as much as speed cameras specifically were seen as the devil when they first appeared, but more and more there seems to be an acceptance and a welcoming and a call for people to have speed cameras, uh, whether they're spot speed or average speed, whatever, in an area in order to make their roads safer. Well, when when I do meet people in a non-work-related professional context, I tend not to immediately jump in with the fact that I work in camera enforcement and previous my previous role, particularly uh, in speed enforcement, because it might result in a strong positive reaction, but it might result in a strong negative reaction, depending on who you're talking to. So it is one to um, be a little aware of, I I would say. But it is fair to say that attitudes have changed over that 20-year period, I think, when there used to be a lot of talk about the war on the motorist and how it was the big machine just after the little guy trying to raise money. And it was perfectly okay to drive however you want to drive, because it means you can get where you're going quicker, which means the economy is then going to be more efficient. But there has been, I think, a change and people are more understanding now of the very complex factors that are involved when you're you're driving along the road and obeying road traffic law. People, I think, are left accepting of other people who drive too quickly or go through a red light or pull out in front of them in a junction and it's not just related to cars either when people perhaps on a uh, on a push bike the way they are behaving the way pedestrians sometimes behave in traffic as well there is less acceptance of people individually doing whatever they want to do when they're traveling down the road and that that's something that i think is particularly true with some of the new things that i'm looking at now around mobile phone use because there is such a high level of problem people have with watching somebody using their mobile phone while they're driving along. So I I get plenty of anecdotal um, examples when people tell me that it really annoys them when the person in the car in front, you can see their head going down and then the car is veering left and right a little bit and then they look up again and they go straight and it's because they're looking at their phone and they're checking a text message. And so the the level of acceptance of that type of behaviour is, I think, really low, which is good because we want the roads to be 
safer for everybody. I remember reading an article you wrote once where you said it's not a war on motorists. It's a war on bad driving. And the interesting thing, I guess, from your move the back end of last year to AccuCensus is that you're widening where you can fight that war because in speed cameras and speeding there's one specific instance of bad driving that uh, you can actually have an effect on but tell me a bit more about what AccuCensus's technology is when it comes to mobile phone use and uh, seatbelt wearing. Well I had historically been very much focused on looking at a one-dimensional approach which was measuring the average speed of vehicles and while it has a big influence on safety the measure of average speed on someone's journey it is just about one thing and that's the speed of the vehicle and technology has evolved quite a lot in the last 20 years from being a fairly binary type solution to being far more intelligent and nuanced and able to pick out different things and different behaviors and so I was very interested when I first heard about AccuCensus, which from 2018 was a startup company in Australia, with the mission to develop software and solutions which would identify distracted drivers or people using a mobile phone while they're driving. It's been really interesting to watch how they've developed and how to become part of it myself as well, because they've come up with practical operational tools which can be used as an everyday solution to initially identify drivers who are using their mobile phone while they're driving and to produce a pack of data that would allow a police authority or an enforcement authority to actually do something about it through an educational intervention or through an endorsable fine to target that illegal behavior. This type of approach couldn't have been done probably five, well, certainly not 10 years ago because the, the camera technology, the software required, the hardware to actually process the images. These things didn't actually exist, but it's an example of how technology has moved along. And in particular, AI, this is artificial intelligence for good in a good application. It has now come up with something that is practical and appropriate to deliver a solution to what was a known problem, but it's actually a growing problem as well, because more and more people use their mobile phone. They're effectively trained to be addicted to their mobile phone, to interact with that device that suddenly reaches out to lots of people. And we need to try and break that behaviour. It's not just about catching people, it's about changing behaviour and stopping people from feeling that if they're driving for an hour, they have to interact with their phone 20 times during that journey. Thanks to the, the FOMO, fear of missing out, we have to break that link. And the technology is now available that allows you to do that. Okay, so explain to me how it works and how you you mentioned about whether it's an educational thing or whether you actually end up fining somebody, giving them points or whatever. How does the process work and how much is automated and and is there any human part of it as well? Well, the, the actual process to capture the data would be operated in the same way, whatever territory or region you would be in. But the subsequent intervention varies from country to country and so that's maybe something I'll come back to but the the technology involves real-time image processing of images as a vehicle drives down the road so there are some high resolution cameras which are synchronized with some very specific wavelength infrared lighting 
and they capture an image inside the the cab of every vehicle which uh, goes past the monitoring station there's actually different angles of camera as well so there is a camera which comes at a shallow angle so it can detect that someone's holding a phone to their ear and then there's a steep angle camera which comes down at a more acute angle so you can detect if somebody's holding a phone in their lap and the geometry allows you to look at a range of different sizes of vehicle as well so you can go from a car through to the cab of a heavy goods vehicle as well so that it, it it's looking at all vehicles as they go by and so these images are captured and then very rapidly in near real time the gpu processor will run some artificial intelligence which looks for features that would indicate someone is on their mobile phone and indeed if they're not wearing a seatbelt as well and it will very rapidly determine if it thinks there could be somebody on their mobile phone and then that data will be sent to a secure cloud for subsequent review by a human operator and the human operator will have a look at it and say yep it's correct somebody was using a mobile phone there and then a violation record can be kept for secondary review which can then be sent over to the police for prosecution. But the, the interesting part, the intelligent part of the AI is that that's the human review allows the system to learn and do it better next time. So sometimes the AI will flag up, maybe someone's on a mobile phone and a human reviewer will say, no, they're not actually. That helps to go back into, into the loop in training, training the system so that it will get better with time. And then the images which have been validated by a human operator are then potentially sent over to an enforcement operator, and they will then decide if they want to take that through for prosecution or potentially an educational intervention. And so it, it depends on how, how you're set up, because there are some places where it will go straight to a fine and potentially um, points on a driving license or demerits on a driving license. But the alternative is that you can actually use that as an opportunity for an educational intervention. So it might be that someone needs to be told the error of their ways and the way of doing that is through an educational intervention, which means they should be less likely to do it again in future. And I, I think that's that's a very good approach. So you catch someone you say you shouldn't be doing that. Here's why you shouldn't be doing that. There will be a fine. You do need to attend a training course. But at the moment, we won't put points on on your license but if we catch you again we absolutely will and so there's there's a balance between how it's done in different territories and in the uk right now there isn't actually an educational intervention for mobile phone use so it goes straight through to a fine and six points on the driving license which is a pretty significant thing to apply so i i personally think we should be moving towards the point of having first strike as an educational intervention and then that gives a chance to change behavior through explaining why it's not a good thing and making people realize. Then moving on to if there's another capture, then absolutely you carry on with the points and the fine. Ten years ago, I got a speed awareness course for doing, I think, 35 and a 30 on the uh, A12. And it did have a real effect. I went along thinking I'm going to have to sit here for two hours to sort of get through it. But actually, I learned an awful lot and it did change the way I drove. So they are 
good things. Jeff Collins is our guest on Highways Voices this week. He's general manager in the UK for AccuCensus. And we'll pick this up in a couple of minutes because this is fascinating stuff, Jeff. We'll just stop now for the partner news. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations, ITS UK, Elkrig, Adept and the Transport Technology Forum. The Transport Technology Forum's annual conference in Leeds will feature attendees from a record number of local authorities across England, with more than 50 authorities already taking advantage of fully funded places at the event. The conference takes place at the City Centre Hilton Hotel on the 26th and 27th of April, with a networking event on the evening of the 25th. It brings together national governments, local authorities, suppliers and academia to explain government policy and showcase best practice and innovation in the use of technology in road transport. This allows local authorities to better understand technological solutions to deliver improved local highway services. JCB have been confirmed as the first award sponsor for this year's Elkrig Innovation Festival, aligning themselves with the Climate Resilience category. The Innovation Festival is an event where product solutions, new innovations and techniques can be displayed and demonstrated over a range of live demonstration sessions. The event provides local authorities with a chance to find out about new innovations from the supply chain that will help meet their current and future challenges. Local authorities are invited to score innovations across several different categories. This year's categories are fleet and equipment, bridges and other structures, climate resilience, transport technology, surfacing, biodiversity, traffic signs and lines, street lighting and collaborative innovation. You can visit innovationfestival, all one word, for more information on this year's event. Adept Southeast Regional Board recently met, focusing on community engagement around active travel, looking at the challenges of winning hearts and minds on this important topic. Damien Greenfield from the Consultation Institute spoke about different consultation approaches for active travel schemes, while Brian Keegan from Active Travel England gave a talk entitled Successfully Engaging with Communities to Facilitate Implementation of Active Travel Facilities. Participants were then invited to have a discussion on active travel and had the opportunity to ask questions. And the network of national ITS associations, which boasts ITS UK as a leading member, is strengthening its ties with Ertico ITS Europe as the two organisations continue to work together to make their partnership stronger. ITS Nationals, which has an objective to ensure that ITS knowledge and information is transmitted to all its members across the region, has accepted an invitation from Ertico CEO Joost van Tom to join the Ertico Strategy Committee as a permanent member. Vice Chair Donald Hodgkins of ITS Ireland will attend quarterly meetings of the committee, which provides an advisory role to the supervisory board of Ertico. His presence, representing the 28 national ITS associations, will support closer cooperation between the two entities and improve cohesiveness between European ITS stakeholders. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So Jeff Collins of AccuCensus is our guest on Highways Voices this week. It's all fascinating stuff, Jeff, and you're, you're operating trials in the UK at the moment. Um, we've run some stories on Highways 
Skyways news about things that have gone on uh, in different parts of the country, including uh, some real figures that made your hair stand on end near Liverpool, where there were a high number of drivers and a surprisingly high proportion of professional drivers who were either driving without uh, a seatbelt or whilst using a mobile phone. Um, It seems to me as a bit of a no-brainer that this technology has been shown to work and is likely to make the roads safer. So what sort of timescale is it going to be before it gets full deployment across the UK? Or are there huge numbers of barriers and uh, hurdles that you're going to have to jump before we get to that point? It is a complicated environment out there. And the tools and the procedures that we could apply to actually start doing something about it right now, they are there. But it's a matter of lining things up, getting it in the right order and finding the partners who are prepared to try and do something new and different. And one thing I have learned over the years is that people tend to be quite conservative when it comes to the the idea of enforcement and putting technology at the side of the road and then using that to potentially fine people and put points onto their driving license. People don't like to suddenly try and do things immediately that are very different. So we are working with a number of organisations and police operators across the country that are interested in understanding what can be done and how it should be done. So what we've been doing over the last 18 months or so, we've got equipment which is mounted on a van, which is operated by the consultancy ACOM, and it was funded by National Highways. And it's been used across the UK. So I think there have been, it's more than 60 times the van has been out, and I believe more than 40 locations. And it's proved the issues we're trying to monitor related to mobile phone use and seatbelt wearing It doesn't just happen that it's okay or bad at one location. It's a relatively uniform picture, although you you will find there are certain high points. As you mentioned, there was an installation within some roadworks in Merseyside and the system was pinging something happening very, very regularly, which was a little bit alarming. And, And you mentioned there was a high incidence of professional drivers. But you have to understand that if you're only looking at data for a limited period of time at a certain time of day, that will skew the population. Not all drivers drive all of the time at a certain location. So you're you're looking through a particular pair of spectacles. And so there will have been a lot of professional drivers driving during the day on a motorway. However, that doesn't excuse the fact that a lot of professional drivers were either not wearing a seatbelt or were using their phone or were not wearing a seatbelt and were using their phone or maybe more than one phone. There's a lot of, frankly, quite alarming behaviours that you'll find. And I fear if you were to drive along any any road, be it a a rural road or a motorway this afternoon or this evening, and you looked carefully around you, you would probably notice a lot of people who are distracted, who are not doing the right thing and, frankly, are a hazard both to themselves and everybody around them. And so that's that's what we're trying to do is to one increase understanding of the the magnitude of the problem the challenge that we're facing but two to demonstrate that there is a practical way to do something about it with the end objective i mentioned before of changing behavior 
and trying to change the way people are driving at the moment, because it will fundamentally have an impact on the casualty statistics. It's a fairly stark data point that PACS brought to attention just recently, that of all car occupant fatalities in the UK last year, 30% of them were not wearing a seatbelt. That's an extraordinarily high number. If you were able to change that, you would change the number of fatalities by a fairly significant measure. And so that's just that's just one, one example of why this is a very exciting and interesting technology that once we bring it to the road, we will change things. We will reduce the death toll and we will make the road safer. Last month, I ran a news story about a survey of people's attitudes of things that they hate about other drivers. So, for example, people hate tailgating. People hate when people fail to indicate or the third one on the list was seeing other people uh, using their phone while they're driving. Uh, They don't like it when people hog the middle lane when there's nothing on the inside lane. Are any of these things that technology can be used to actually change behaviour? Yes, I think they are. And the technology is always getting better and more capable and smaller and cheaper and faster. And so where maybe it would have been impossible to have addressed any of those points a few years ago, arguably, I think they are all something that we could look at now. I I know you you have a a particular um, issue with mini roundabouts and indication, but personally, I don't think that's a supremely dangerous activity. But the use of artificial intelligence and video-based systems are really good at picking out things that aren't right or are unusual because you train an AI system on what right looks like and you train it what wrong looks like. And so it becomes a really effective pre-filter. It can take out, I'm not sure that this is right. And then it'll get a human being to say, no, it is right. Or no, you're absolutely right. That is wrong. And then it gets better and better and better with time at identifying automatically some of these behaviors. So You mentioned tailgating or close following. That's an example of where you can configure a system to pick out if vehicles are too close together. And of course, people don't like being tailgated. So it'll pick out if a vehicle is far too close to the vehicle in front. And then clogging the middle lane, centre lane owners group. Different people are bothered by different things. It does frustrate me if I'm driving in lane one and then there's somebody in lane two who is just driving at maybe 50 miles an hour on a 70 mile an hour road and there's no other vehicles around them at all. So once again, you can use this type of approach to identify behaviours like that and do something about them if you want to. And we, we touched on before the idea of training interventions. I think that's particularly important because for a lot of people, certainly in the UK, you might have passed your driving test when you were 17. And it could be you've been driving for 10, 20, 30, 40 years with no further educational interventions at all. But the highway code has changed in that time. Vehicles have changed in that time. Signage has changed in that time. And behaviours such as using mobile phones have changed in that time. And we're reliant entirely upon people knowing how to do the right thing and not drifting into bad behaviours that they didn't used to have before. And so I I do think if there are appropriate ways to identify negative, poor and dangerous behaviours and then provide 
appropriate feedback, which shouldn't always be coming in with a heavy handed fine, but it could be an advisory letter just to bring to your attention that you've been identified doing this, which isn't ideal, or maybe going on a, a training course, or the, the ultimate thing would be with the actual enforcement and issuing endorsable points on somebody's driving license. But there should be a level and a range of interventions, depending on what you're identifying. Because if we do that, people then understand why that's being done. And that's the way to take people with you, is to actually explain clearly and offer information, allowing them to change their behaviour, rather than just coming in and hitting them with a stick. Finally, Jeff, you mentioned that you're working with police forces across the country. Now, the clues in the name Highways Voices, our well, we do have when we look at our mailing list and uh, subscribers, people who work within police forces. Most of the listeners to this podcast will be highways professionals. Is it something that highways professionals can procure? Do they need to go and lobby their local police force? I mean, how does it work and how would you be able to work with people who, let's face it, one of their main remits is to make the road safer. And this seems like, as I said before, a no brainer in getting safer roads. Well, any project which involves road safety and particularly enforcement is by nature has quite a complicated stakeholder map. There is no one organisation or individual who is responsible for everything. And so typically this type of thing would come through a um, Safer Roads partnership, which is usually a combination of highway authority and maybe local authority and the operating police. And then maybe anyone that's responsible for maintaining that particular bit of road. They all tend to, to get involved in it. But ultimately, if it is a criminal solution, and by criminal, I mean something whereby it can have a fine and endorsable penalty points, the police very much have to be involved and engaged. They are the people that would need to operate the equipment and they are the people that would go to court if appropriate. And so in that respect, they are absolutely critical to take up of the technology. And that is where people should be talking to their the local police force that they feel that they have issues and challenges that they want to be addressed because there are solutions which can be used and, and as I've said the relating to the mobile phone and the seatbelt we've worked with I think it's around 10 police forces in the UK now they've had a real view for what can be done and potentially how it could be rolled out on, on a wider scale. Jeff Collins is general manager in the UK for the company that started off in Australia AccuCensus and are now operating here in the UK fascinating stuff Jeff uh, always a pleasure to talk to you and always very educational thanks for joining us this week on Highways Voices. Thank you very much, Paul. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. So before we go, as always, we have to find out who Adrian's tipping his hat to this week in... Adrian's accolade. My accolade this week goes to the team at Strada Imaging. An automated system that analyses road inspection videos has been developed by the company. 
Deep Road has been developed by Strada Imaging, a Berkshire-based company, and it says pavement surface inspection is seriously affected by high per kilometre costs. Equally, right-of-way videos get rarely analysed due to high labour costs. Deep Road Strada Imaging software as a service offering decouples video capture from analysis, allowing the customers the flexibility of performing inspection with their own camera systems and personnel whenever they want. Worthy winners of my accolade this week. Thanks, Adrian, and that will do it for Highways Voices this week. Now, this is important. Next week, we will be coming to you a day early on Tuesday because we'll be bringing you all the background to the annual alarm survey by talking to the Asphalt Industry Alliance. And the alarm survey is published on the 14th of March. And so are we on Highways Voices. You really won't want to miss it. Catch you next week. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 